push his way up the racetrack, and now here comes Jancic. Jancic goes by Query, and he goes by Inman. Burnell gets a great run, another three wide for the race lead. It's going to drag race off of turn four. Shepard is there, but it's Larry White at the line. Still going to be Pamborn, and they make contact. Britton has broken the race car. AJ Slideways. Alan Johnson wins. Whether you hug the infield tires or rip the cushion, you found the fastest dirt track podcast in motorsports. Welcome to Where Legends Are Made, the official podcast of Land of Legends Raceway. Here's Stephen and Brad Ovens. Ball fans, welcome in to another episode of Where Legends Are Made, the official podcast of the Land of Legends Raceway. I'm your host and lead announcer for the Land of Legends, Steve Ovens. Welcome aboard. Got a great show for you this week as we're starting to ramp up and get ready for the 2023 season at the Land of Legends. Our guest this week is going to be Greg Byrosh, Pepsi Big Block Modified Driver out of Horseheads, New York. He's got a great story and, and really has a multifaceted story. Uh, another one of these drivers that grew up at the Land of Legends, uh, you know, as a as a young guy, um, you know, growing up in the Byrosh fabrication shop, uh, got to see so many uh, amazing cars that had a lot of success at the Land of Legends and all around Central New York. Uh, we talked to Greg this week about his history in the sport, what it was like growing up as the son of a uh, legendary driver and uh, car fabricator. Johnny Byrosh, uh, we talked to Greg about that. Greg's got his own history in the sport uh, as a commentator and announcer at several uh, local uh, racetracks that everybody listening to the podcast will be familiar with. And then turning in uh, the microphone, so to speak, uh, for steering wheel and driving uh, a big block and, and a, a small block modified on his own uh, throughout the last uh, decade or more. Uh, we talked to Greg about that and and talk about, you know, what he's looking forward to here in the 2023 season. So before we get to our interview with Greg, want to go over a couple of uh, pointers here uh, for the Land of Legends as we close in on our 70th anniversary season. Uh, number one item to uh, check out this week, especially for all you drivers out there, uh, take a look at the My Race Pass video uh, that's linked on the Land of Legends Raceway Facebook page. That will show you how to claim your driver profile on My Race Pass. Every driver needs to register on My Race Pass before the first race of the season. If you do it now, you're going to save yourself a whole lot of hassle and headache on race night. We know once everybody pulls in the pit gates, everybody's focused on racing. You do not want to be one of the drivers standing in line having somebody uh, help do a driver profile before racing kicks off for 2023. Every driver's got to have that profile done. It's very easy to do. And this YouTube video that was put out by my race pass walks you through the whole process. It's free, does not cost you a thing. And uh, we have switched over to my race pass uh, super dirt car series recently um, last year, switched over to my race pass We've been using it with the CRSA Sprints for years now. I love my race pass. I think that it may be, you know, the drivers may not see um, all of the things that that's going to allow our track to do and, and how much it's going to streamline things. There's definitely benefits for drivers. Don't get me wrong, but it is going to really streamline our processes at uh, the racetrack. Uh, from a registration perspective, from a points perspective, uh, from timing and scoring, we're now going to be incorporating that into our broadcast. There's a section where you can fill out your driver profile. We used to have you fill out the paper forms. Now you can do that all online. You can even put in your three big sponsors that you'd like mentioned on race night. You know, of course, myself, Tom Skabinski, we'll still be gathering that data and double checking things uh, as we normally do as part of our process. But uh, there is a space for you to, to be able to do those updates. If you want to provide those to us, uh, there's just so many great things. And for the fans that are listening to the podcast too, 
There's also fantasy racing that's going to become available to our fans at the Land of Legends and and those all around the world. Anybody that um, wants to put in a lineup uh, for a team. So there's a lot of great things, a lot of great perks that are going to come along with my race pass. So please, please get that registration done. Claim your profile, get all that taken care of before uh, our first practice and our first race night. Another thing to point out, right below that post with the My Race Pass video is our marketing video for 2023. We did some updates to that. Um, the last marketing video we had out was in our uh, before our 2021 season. So we've made some updates. Um, if you know, if you're, you're a marketing partner that's listening, or you know somebody that might be interested in promoting their business at the racetrack, uh, there's a lot of different options uh, that are included in that marketing video. So be sure to uh, take a look at that. Um, there's just so many positive things. Speaking of marketing partners. We've got a major sponsor announcement that's coming. It will probably come early next week, uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, somewhere in there. We've got a major marketing partner announcement that's coming, a major brand in the Canandaigua area that is jumping on board with the Land of Legends Raceway in 2023. Could not be more excited to make this announcement. It's very difficult not to give out a teaser here on the podcast You'll just have to stay tuned to social media, uh, both on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram to uh, stay abreast of what's going on uh, with our, our sponsor announcements. We've got a lot of sponsor announcements that are coming out. One that hasn't even been released on social media yet. It will be this weekend. Welcome to Sterling Lubricants. Sterling Lubricants is going to be the division sponsor of our sportsmen. Now, if you've been following along all year, um, Auto Value Parts Stores um, had been announced as the sportsman sponsor. Um, they are going to allow Sterling Lubricants to jump on as the sportsman sponsor. So big shout out to Mike Welch and everybody at Auto Value Parts Stores. Um, we're going to change up their program a bit. And uh, they, they were so uh, courteous to allow uh, Steve Sterling and his folks to take on the sportsman. That kind of follows along. I know uh, Sterling Lubricants sponsors, uh, you know, so many different sportsman efforts, uh, both in Western New York as well as in Central New York. They were a sponsor of our Gerald Harris Memorial Sportsman Shootout last year, and now they've taken a step forward to come on board as our sportsman sponsor for every Saturday night at the Land of Legends. So thank you, thank you out to uh, Steve Sterling and all the folks there at Sterling Lubricants. It's going to be a great season and is going to you know just take their exposure of their business through the roof this year. So very excited for them. And, and we'll have an update uh, on Auto Value Part Stores and what we're going to be doing with them uh, coming up here in just a few weeks as uh, we uh, put that uh, whole package together. Shout out to Tanner Robinson, who's just been doing yeoman's work in terms of the advertising and signing sponsors, re-signing sponsors. You'll see a lot of sponsors coming through in the next week or two that have re-upped with the Land of Legends. You've already seen some here uh, in the past couple weeks. Max Dairy Bar's back on board. They've also taken on the Little Legends Kids Club. So thank you so much to them. Uh, we we also have uh, you know other sponsors that have you know, jumped back on board Myers RV Superstore. American Woman Designs has been a uh, out in the uh, midway uh, as one of our vendors uh, over the last uh, two seasons, I think. Might have been just last season, but they've now jumped on board as not only a sponsor at Land of Legends, they're also going to be doing a video commercial on Land of Legends TV. Um, also, shout out to iFree Storage and Distribution Center. Uh, Adam Depew just dropped the news that uh, he's got a 305 Sprint car prepared for 2023. I just saw that drop on social media yesterday. Um, iFree Storage and Distribution Center back on board uh, with the Land of Legends. Tradition Automotive Group, Sherwin-Williams Paints, VP Racing Fuels, Entertech, uh, Club 86, several sponsors that have uh, been announced over the last uh, couple weeks uh, since we've been off here on the podcast. So um, I think that pretty much does it for what we wanted to cover and announcements to, to keep in mind. So get those My Race Pass profiles filled out. Take a look at the marketing video uh, on uh, both our YouTube channel 
and in our uh, on our Facebook page. And while I'm talking about the YouTube channel, go check that out. YouTube.com slash at Land of Legends Raceway. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash at Land of Legends Raceway. Subscribe to our channel. We are closing in on uh, getting to that uh, first initial goal of 1,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. So please go in and check that out. We've got the marketing video that we've put up recently. Our uh, second episode of the podcast for 2023 with Doug Elkins is on there. And our uh, uh, Stagger Tech Tip with Tim Fuller uh, was recently uploaded there as well. So be sure to check that out. Uh, and also, I, I also wanted to just give a, a nod to Dirt Vision, too. We are joining Dirt Vision for 2023. And I just saw a couple weeks ago, they, they were talking on Twitter about uh, having uploaded a bunch of This Week on Dirt shows, uh, which was the half hour, I believe it was just a half hour program uh, that, you know, that it was so popular in the mid to late 90s uh, and even even the early 90s. Go and check that out. They have uploaded, I think it's about eight to 10 episodes of This Week on Dirt uh, scattered across a couple different seasons hosted by Doug Logan. You see Paul Small, you'll hear Doug Elkins on there as well. Uh, just, you know, it was just awesome. It was appointment television back in the day. So be sure to check that out as well. And uh, get your Dirt Vision subscription so you can see all of the Super Dirt Car Series events in 2023. I think that'll do it for announcements. We'll step aside when we come back. Greg Byrosh will step in. We'll hear all about things modifieds with a driver of the 29NY. You're listening to Where Legends Are Made, the official podcast of the Land of Legends Raceway. By the grace of God and 800 horsepower, it's time for the A-Main Interview of the Week. Well, welcome back, fans, here to Where Legends Are Made, the official podcast of the Land of Legends Raceway. And I promised a good one for you. We got a good one for you this week. Greg Byrosh, uh, Pepsi Big Block Modified Driver for us at the Land of Legends, joining us on the program this week. Greg, welcome aboard, my friend. Thanks. Boy, no pressure, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Promised I'd be good at this. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I think you've had a little you've you you've had way more practice at this stuff than I have, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you know. But I you know, this is um this this is actually a lot of fun for me, uh, because you know, when I was uh coming up through the ranks and racing and and then, you know, uh, you know, really had an appreciation for for guys like yourself and and Rich Vleck, all the years you guys worked together at, at, at you know what I grew up as is my home track, uh, you know yeah. at, at Outlaw. Um, you know this is this is fun, and 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 you get to have a lot of fun uh, wheeling one of these big block modifieds every Saturday night. That is true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, and I I appreciate the compliment very much. That was uh, that was a lot of good times back then working. Uh, you know, doing the announcing at, you know, of course, then it was Black Rock Speedway was the name of it, you know, with with Rich on on a couple different occasions. I, you know, I went in there with him in 04 when the the, the sprint car experiment year, uh, the last year with Lynn Hoff and then um, and then came back again in 06 once uh, Dean Hogue had, had taken over and and uh, was there gosh i don't know i think i did friday nights through like 2012 something like that so yeah yeah it was quite a while yeah because it was uh yeah i remember um take it must have been 12 because i remember taking um you know letting rich know and those and those guys that uh there was going to be a couple nights i wouldn't be announcing because we were finally getting our modified put together at the very end of the 12 season so it was when when we started running it and and uh yeah so it's it's been a while <laughs> i i was gonna ask if there was any crossover years there when when you were announcing and racing or was it kind of it was either one or the other it was mostly one or the other that that year was was kind of um was it the other well the year, oh nine with the sportsman car yes 
I mean, I, I, now that I think about it, um, yeah, I did, uh, did Friday nights at, at Dundee and then, uh, oh gosh, did the, uh, was still doing, um, the, I forget now, <laughs> this is terrible. I forget what we changed the name to, but what was the chase and racing show? Um, that I, when Jack Christensen passed, I came in, did it with Doug for a year in 08. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, of course we lost Doug and, and I did it on my own in 09. And, uh, so yeah, so I was doing the radio show. I was racing sportsman car and doing uh, Friday nights and had a full-time job on top of it. Well, if, so. you know, for all of our listeners, uh, we're, we're going to jump all over the place in this one. Cause there's so many different avenues we could go down. So <laughs> if if you're looking for a clean cut interview, well, I, I produce the podcast, so you're gonna get what you get. <laughs> um because you know it's it's more fun to kind of bounce around and you know tell the tell the stories that come to mind and it is. And and so. this is an interview that I I'll I'll just be honest, I, I did not prepare questions for because I knew I really didn't need to. Um, and, and you just brought up two topics that I did, you know, want to talk about, um, the, the year that you got to work with Doug on, on chase and race. And, um, you know, we're, we're not, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty close in age. And so we grew up in that era when, you know, it was it, for, for us in the ovens household, it was, you know, having dinner and nobody made a peep because we had to listen to what was what Jack and Doug were talking about on the radio. What was that year like working with Doug, you know, when, when we, you and I grew up in the area that, that we did. Oh gosh, that was, it was so much fun. Um, I, I'm really, really lucky to have been able to do that year with him. Um, Cause I, you know, obviously I've, I've known Doug since I was a kid, you know, and I've always been friendly with him. I, you know, he was, you know, always around the the scene with, you know, right first racing against dad with the modifieds and, and, you know, was a customer too from time to time. And, you know, was just, was always involved and, um, you know, knew, knew him and, and, uh, knew his, his son and daughter from going to the races and, and, uh, you know, so it's, I always know, you know, everybody's, of course, you know, everybody loved Doug and, you know, he was, he was always such a good guy and, and, you know, you hear those things, but then they actually get to, you know, sit down with them for over an hour every week. I mean, we had an hour show, but I'd get there. I mean, I was usually coming from work and trying to get there, you know, at least half an hour ahead to kind of make a little game plan as to what we're going to go through and, you know, make sure that we had, uh, you know, all our notes set for the for the broadcast. And then of course, you know, we'd get done with the show and then we'd just start talking about something else and we'd be standing there and, or sitting there at the radio station for another hour or whatever, you know, just chatting with each other. And, and it was, uh, it was a, always a, a really good time. I, I really look forward to that. And, and like I said, I, I'm consider myself very lucky to been able to, to spend that time with them and, and get to know them a little better. And, you know, of course, it was uh, it, it made it all the more difficult when we did when we lost him. But yeah, you know, it, was, uh, it was a very good time. Yeah, yeah. I I I think back to uh, when I was a, a, a young lad racing go karts. Uh, Mom and Dad would take me over to to sit sidecar with Don Dunham over in Geneva, uh, and sure. and I don't know if if you share this experience, but. I, I feel like whether it's fortunate or unfortunate, I feel like when, when you're going through the motions, you have an appreciation for it, but man, you have such a bigger appreciation for it all these years later, looking back, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Cause I, you know, just sitting here thinking about it. Okay. You know, the, the time with Doug and, and how, how fantastic that was, but then I, I get to think of, you know, the times where I got to work with, you know, I got to work alongside Mel Thomas. He was somebody that, that reached out early on and, and kind of gave me a chance to, 
to do some announcing and, and get into it and, and help me along with a lot of stuff uh, early when, when uh, I did Paradise back in, in 1994. I was still in high school. And, uh, you know, we were doing, doing Paradise on Friday nights for the, you know, the, the four-cylinder modifieds and the sportsmen and oh, yeah. street stock and all that, you know, that were, were kind of in the heyday there. And then, uh, you know, and of course, you know, Joe Murata, Doug Elkins, Paul Small, got to work with all those guys at, at Weedsport. You know, they, they kind of took me under their wing there. Um, you know, did get to do a little bit, um, not nearly as much as I would have liked, but some with Gary Montgomery on occasion. And, um, you know, just so many, so many people that I, I got to just learn from and spend some time with and, you know, get advice and get, uh, you know, get your balls busted quite a bit <laughs> All that good stuff. and they still do. You know, yeah. If you, anytime, if you watch any of the, uh, any of the interviews I've done with Doug Elkins, he's, uh, he always likes to bring up the, the hot dogs thing at Weedsport. So, <laughs> <laughs> you but, know, you, you, uh, that's, and the, here again, here's another avenue that I was, I, I didn't even think of, you know, going down, but you know, you talk about all of these and, and, you know, uh, I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, you talk about some of these legendary names that, that you've called races with and, and gotten to sure. take a, a little piece of, of how they all do their jobs and, and how you would carry on to do your job. Uh, there's a, there's a yeah. lot of, young announcers that are that are trying to kind of break in and and kind of get an opportunity here and there uh that that are going to be the future of broadcasting our sport what is something that one of those guys offered you that you carried all the way through any announcing jobs that you did oh gosh so i mean there's so much but you know joe with joe Murata, it was always you know um yeah you've got a you know, make sure you get through, you know, all the good basic information. But then on top of that, do whatever you can to try to keep things interesting. You know, it's it, and it's more than just, you know, kind of, um, you know, pointing out who's out there and what order they're running in. But, you know, really, and, and this was something I was, I mean, you know, you know how it is since you've been, you did the same thing watching you know, growing up at the racetrack, you watch races like almost like it's your job. And you know, now it kind of is, but <laughs> <it> kind of <laughs> is. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of analyzing it as it goes. And it's, and it's really about, you know, picking out, okay, well, yeah, here's this guy's running back and forth, but you know, I can see, all right, he just found a little bit better line and now maybe, you know, okay, let's keep our eyes on him. Cause, cause he might be closing it up. And then, um, one thing that I, that I tried very hard to, uh, to adopt it, which is something Doug Elkins told me, which was, um, if something on the track is getting, is getting very exciting and very, you know, very, uh, you know, requires an awful lot of attention is to, rather than to, to let your voice get high pitched to try and speak faster. And if you can, and if you can kind of keep that, he said that, that will convey so much more intensity as if you're, as if you could speak quicker instead of higher in a higher register. And I, I know early on, I, I definitely had a, an issue with, uh, I would get very, very squeaky. <laughs> something, was, something was going crazy, but, uh, but yeah, it, those, those are a couple things that stand out, but, and there's so much more, I'm sure is just kind of subliminal, you know, like you say, just from, from watching them for, and listening to them for so many years and, you know, and you pick up those high points and, that, you know, we're really lucky in that era where, you know, got to listen to, to Jack Burgess and, and Joe and Gary and, uh, you know, a, a handful of others, like Brian Mulligan at the mile, you know, there was, there were so many that, you know, they were just, like you say, they're legendary. Yeah. And I'm not sure we realized that at the time, you know, when we're, 
when we're in it, it was just kind of like, you know, okay, well, this is how race announcers are. And then uh, I've, you know, in my travels and things like that, I think there's, uh, like I said, we got really lucky with <laughs> some guys that were excellent at the craft yeah. and, uh, and, and a lot, uh, a lot to learn from. So, so kind of, you know, like I said earlier, kind of going out of order here a little bit. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of diehard Canadagua fans that, you know, know the Byrosh name, know the story, but we got a lot of new fans too. And, and fans yeah. that are, are, are just coming into the fold. Um, you know, and, and I know this is tough, but you know, kind of readers digest, like give us the, the Byrosh background in, in racing and, like what? Are, what are some of your earliest memories of of racing or being at the track, or, or probably more so being in the shop watching all those crazy crafts being put together? Yeah, um, I mean, I can. Gosh, yeah. So it basically it it started with my dad. Um, my my grandparents on my dad's side were were never really into it my my grandmother never went to a race she she could not she couldn't bring herself to watch it she thought for sure if she went to watch that you know some catastrophe would happen and and dad would get hurt so um she she never even went to a race um it's same with my aunt my dad's sister she won't go either <laughs> um my uh my grandfather was um you know he he passed Oh gosh. I mean, my, it was before I was born, but so my dad hadn't been really been involved in it very long. And, and, you know, he was, he, uh, you know, he didn't say no, don't do it, but he wasn't really, uh, one to, to be, uh, going to the track or anything either. So, so it really started with dad. I mean, he was, he was an auto mechanic to start with and then, uh, you know, became a service manager early on and, you know, was always into building cars, fabricating. And, um, he and, and Weldon Lawrence grew up across the road from each other in Waterloo, um, kind of between halfway between the throughway and, uh, and where the landfill is on 414, if people are familiar with that area, but, um, yeah, so they, they got started and then, uh, and dad knew Walt Mitchell and, um, did you know used to help Walt a lot on his cars and and Walt said you know here's uh, one of his old late models and you know I'll drag that one out and throw that motor in it and you know you can go run it so he started running it you know at Waterloo and and did a little bit like Canadagua and stuff too back in the late model days in the the late sixties early seventies um, so. You know, that's, that's kind of how he got in it. And then, you know, eventually his, you know, just kind of doing fabrication for himself and a couple other people turned into more. Eventually it became the business, um, you know, built chassis. Really, really started to get heavy into that when I was, I was really young. Um, I mean, they always had the shop there, but um, put an addition on it and, and really did some more. Uh, you know, got into m the real fabrication business and doing it full time for a living. Um, like I say, early eighties. And then the first real, uh, the, the first Byros chassis modifieds that, that went out would have been 84. Um, uh, dad, Jeff Capiser, Steve Payne, uh, Gary Farnsworth. Well, I think, uh, I think Daryl Welty drove the car to begin with, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how the modified, ball started rolling and um of course you know dad had been running drove drove on and off for bill trout for quite a few years you know starting in the late 70s uh drove for uh ken Doucette for a good bit like 78 through 83 um and uh you know went got quite a bit into the modifieds and then you know, it was getting by, you know, the mid eighties was, uh, you know, the money part of it was really starting to take off and you needed to be able to race 
you know, close to a hundred times a year to, to be competitive with, you know, the, all those guys that have filled the hall of fame now. Yeah. <laughs> racing against. And, uh, you know, so it got a little bit tougher and trying to, trying to run a chassis business and, and do all that plus race, you know, it made it a little tougher. So that's when, uh, we start well actually Bob Hemingway uh had a sprint car. Dad drove it a couple times and and Bill Trout saw what the payoff was for where they'd finished at a URC race at Weedsport. And he said, You know what? We ought to get a sprint car instead of a modified. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and that was uh the right at the end of eighty seven is when they put that first sprint car together and ran uh, 88 through 92 with, with ESS and won almost 20 races with ESS and a couple down in Florida. And, and, uh, so the, the, the sprint car deal was, was a big success. And, um, but it was, again, that was kind of taking him away from the modified stuff, which was how he was still making a living, you know, selling the modifieds and, and, uh, wanted to get back over to that. Um, by that time had Alan Johnson running, uh, cars, you know, he started running dad's cars in 92 and, uh, you know, so Alan was, was a lot of, you know, the R and D and, and that, because anybody that knows Alan, if Alan's fast, get ready to watch him change something because <laughs> <laughs> he is always, always, he's never satisfied. He's always searching. And, and that's, I think part of the reason why he's, you know, he's had so much success over the years as he, he never rests on, on what's there. It's like, okay, yep, that was fast. Now, how do we make it faster? Early nineties having Alan in, in his cars, that had to be in a big deal then. Uh, it was, it was, it was huge. And it was, uh, um, a couple times, 86 and 90, um, Jack Johnson ran them. And when Jack, you know, he, I'm not really sure what, you know, what the reasoning was behind, behind it. But I mean, Jack kind of, you know, he ran pretty much a little bit of everybody's stuff over the years. Sure. You know, he was, he was probably another one that was, you know, he was just always searching, you know, didn't want to just get, you know, stuck in a rut basically. And, uh, you know, so he would, he'd run one brand of car for a couple of years and then he'd switch to something else. And, you know, he'd have, have a trucker car, then he'd have an Olson, then he'd have a Tobias, you know, then he'd have one of dad's and, you know, and he was a dealer too. So, you know, that was, it did help sell some cars, but I think, you know, like I said, he, he came back and ran it in, in 90 and had some success, um, Fonda and Lebanon Valley and places like that. Um, think one might have won the opener at Brewerton that year if memory serves. Um they built the the pavement car that's uh that's in the Hall of Fame. Bob Hemingway owns that now. Um and that was that car was very fast, but they just had a bunch of bad luck with it. You know, like broke a U joint and had, you know, some other issues with it. But uh at any rate, um so I think, you know, when he left and you know 91 it was kind of like you know i had a lot don't get me wrong a lot of great customers i mean and especially sportsman division at canadagua i i was excited to see the uh the anniversary t-shirts with all the the different champions yeah on on the shirts and and i said well i know if if for some reason a byrosh car doesn't end up on the sportsman shirt then something's wrong <laughs> because <laughs> there were an all, there were a whole bunch. And I was, I was at the, at the booth at the motorsports expo trying to count up how many of those championships <laughs> were by cars, but between, uh, between Scott Schrader and Steve Schultz and uh, yeah. Todd Burley. And, uh, you know, there was, there was a bunch of them that, that won titles, Gary Tompkins, you know, so. Yeah. Um, what was, was the, uh, what was the special, I don't know what I want to say. Like, what was the special sauce about a, about a Byrosh car? You know, um, it's a good question. Um, I would say the biggest thing was, 
the dad was a big believer in chromoly tubing. Um, the majority of these cars are built with uh, with DOM is what what it's called, drawn over mandrel um, tubing. So it's a, you know it's a seamless um, tubing, but it's it's a mild steel. Uh, the the chromoly is is a got a little bit more spring to it. Um, you can you can put less bracing and things like that in it. You can run a little bit. Uh, thinner wall thickness and still have a car that's stronger. Um, okay. So that was uh, that was a big part of it. You know, all those all those frames were chromoly. Um, that that sportsman car that I started with in '09 was it began its life as a car that he built for Lyle Sherwood. Oh wow! Uh, I think it was a '92. Um, I got I got it bought it actually bought it from Lyle before he passed and I had it for several years. Um, you know, just, I ended up going back to school. Um, couldn't really spend the the time and money on it. It it sat for a little bit. Um, finally got to the point where, you know, I was able to, to get started and started building it. And, uh, we, we did updates to that car. You know, we, we changed the, the front and rear clip. You know, updated it to, you know, the more more modern stuff. But we uh, we kept it chromoly, and that car, I you know, of the of the three that I've had, I want to say that's still the best working car I've had. <laughs> I I I definitely miss it, but it went through. Oh gosh, it went through all of 09 as a sportsman car. Then uh, took a couple years off. Uh, got a, a small block Ford. Um, ran a, a handful of races at um, Canandaigua and Dundee in twelve and thirteen. Uh, crashed it a couple times there. <laughs> uh, Twenty fourteen ran it at Thunder Mountain. Uh, crashed it a couple more times there. <laughs> and uh and after 14 it had been it had been fixed so many times it was like you know the thing i think that chassis was like 100 pounds heavier than it was when we started after all the you know all the repairs that had been done to it and you know but I, it it still worked it was it was still a good working car and and uh it, it sits out in back of the shop but I was just gonna ask where where it is now, or if you knew. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's out behind the shop, just the, the chassis and the stack of sheet metal next to it. But wow. But uh, yeah, That's... that probably it probably won't go anywhere. I we I had a little uh, talk with Eddie Lawrence a couple times about maybe using that chassis for uh, for some sort of a vintage car that he wanted to do and. You know, just to kind of let it have another life. Sure. That. But, but uh, I think those those plans changed. But you never know; it could still happen. So that's a that's a good segue because uh, you know it was a month, month and a half ago, maybe two months now that it now that I think about it. But Bob Miller posted uh, that video of that win from two thousand nine, oh. <laughs> and yeah, and I gotta tell you, man, I. I you will not find an announcer that loves seeing a first time winner more than I do. And <laughs> in, and you know, the, the reaction in victory lane, I'm not going to say that we don't see that anymore because on occasions we do, you don't see it as often, but man, going back and watching that video, you know, you just, you <laughs> thought, wow, how refreshing was this to see somebody get out of a car? You didn't even have to get out of the car, man. We could see <laughs> you on the track microphone sitting in the car with your helmet on. It, right? was, just, it was just so awesome. Like you could, nobody had to question how big a deal that was for you that night. I don't, I was going to say, I don't think anybody asked a question at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think they just, you know, I, I came, took the checkered flag and went down the backstretch and, you know, somebody pulled the string in my back and that was it. I was, I was gone from that point. <laughs> it was just, uh, 
Yeah, it was, I, I can't even explain how exciting that was just to, you know, just because the history of the track and, and our history there as a family, um, I, my, my dad, he, he won there a couple times in the late model before my time. Um, he won there once with modified, which was the Dennis Taney Memorial in 1985, the 50 lapper with a, with a small block, 358 Ford against the big blocks. Wow. Um, and I, and dad was, was good friends with Dennis Taney and, you know, they had, had worked together a lot on, on, uh, cars that Dennis had, you know, late models, especially. And, uh, so it meant a huge amount to him. And unfortunately I was not there for it. So I missed that. And there were a couple times with ESS with the sprint car that he was really close to win in there. And, but you know, just whatever, you know, circumstances, something happened and, and, uh, and didn't get it. And just to finally, you know, be there in victory lane, you know, with him, with the family and you know it was just it was like awesome it was absolutely awesome that it had just kind of all finally come together and got to experience that and and now you know i get out there and uh we're we're gonna get one with the big block and now i have to top that victory lane interview <laughs> <laughs> well i i gotta tell you i i look forward to that um you know the the heat win from this year was was pretty cool too um you know, yeah. I, I think, uh, and, and talk to us about, I mean, we, we're, we're, we're sharing, uh, you know, old stories here, but, you know, kind of segue yeah. into to some more recent stuff. Sure. Um, I, I, I know that heat win had to be big because, you know, I, I, I had conversations with you guys all season long and, you know, just trying to learn this new stuff and trying to try oh, to God. get comfortable and, and, you know, toward the end of the season, it seemed like things started to, to click. Well, I had, you know, at the beginning of the season, I said, you know, well, really technically I'm basically a big block rookie because I had, even though I had run in the division in like 16 and 17 at the track, it was, we were running a small block back when, when Jeremy Corcoran was the, was the promoter, he, he allowed us to run a small block and it, and it was a, you know, it was more of an open small block. It wasn't a, um, you know, a spec had 358 with the, um, you know, with the rev limiter and all that sort of stuff. So, um, it was, it was a little bit more competitive. I mean, I still, you know, I would get absolutely smoked on restarts and stuff like that, but, um, you know, so I, I ran the small block there back then. Um, we switched over to running it at outlaw in, in 18, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, with uh, a couple of years with that small block and then a couple of years with a, with a big, you know, open dry sump small block, well, you know, both Fords, but uh, more of a, like a short track super series uh, engine yeah. package that, that was a little more competitive there. Um, but then, you know, coming back to Canandaigua, it was, um, I bought that car. The, the car was the one that, Matt Shepard went end over end with at Georgetown. Um, I bought that chassis from him. We put a front clip on it. Um, put that car all together. Got a big block. Uh, it's an Ender's big block that we picked up from uh, from Jim Mahaney. Uh, got that in there, and that and that that thing runs. It it really, <laughs> I, you know, I I really look forward to, to the nights when I can let that thing really shine, um, when it all, all comes together. But, um, so it was, it's a new chassis going back to Hoosier tires, which I hadn't been on in, in several years. Um, we'd been running obviously, you know, the sail panel type body, which believe it or not, does make a difference. Um, cars, the cars handle quite a bit different between the two. Um, I know Bob Miller likes to call them training wheels for modifieds, but I strongly disagree because they, it really just makes the car a lot tighter on entry. So you have to drive it a lot harder than you do with the regular 
you know, standard window type body on the car. Okay. Um, and you know, so it's, it's, it's definitely not easier by any stretch of the imagination. It's just a completely different, you know, you got to change your style. So with that being said, does coming from the sail panels to now windows with the coil suspension, do you think the sail panels helped you make that transition? Um, that's a good question. Um, not quite so much because the um that the the Troyer car that we had previous it was we did still run it on torsion bars, but it had the left side panhard bar versus the right side. So um it it acted a lot like the coil cars do anyway. Um okay. you know, a little bit a little bit different. Um you know, feel, but, but again, with changing, you know, basically uh, it was a wholesale change and, you know, doing it in the off season, you know, if I'd run like Friday night with one car and then Saturday with the other, I could probably give you a lot better comparison, but with it being spread so far apart, um, it, it, it may have helped because, you know, yeah, the, the cars are a little, uh, it's easier to have them be tight on entry, you know, with the coils and, and that's something you got to kind of train yourself to drive through, you know, to, to keep the car, you know, keep it fast and keep the speed up, getting in the corner to make it turn. And, um, yeah, so, so yeah, basically changed absolutely everything except me <laughs> yeah. for, for last year. So it was, I felt like as much of a rookie as I did when I, the first time I ran sportsman. You know, it was like, holy cow, I have got a lot to learn. Sure. And, you know, and it was, it was a process for sure, for sure. You know, and then, you know, with weather being the way it was, it was, it was kind of tricky because you never necessarily knew what track you were going to get week to week. You know, sometimes we'd, we'd have, you know, there'd be some rain that would come through and it would make things heavy and other times it it was select off. And so, you know, that it's, it's tough when you don't have that consistency to, you know, when it's a, a hot, dry summer and you just know, okay, the, I know this is what we're going to have yeah, every week. And, uh, it would, just the way things worked out last year, it didn't necessarily do that. So, um, yeah, so chased it a little bit, but you know, like you say, towards the end of the year, got started getting a lot more comfortable, getting a lot more confidence in it. And, you know, and just kind of driving it, I think the way it needed to be driven all along and, and it helped. So, so I, you know, hopefully I haven't forgotten how to do it. <laughs> I, <laughs> a couple of weeks, we can get out there and try it again. I was going to ask, what's the, you know, what's the thoughts coming into a new season, a, a full season under your belt, uh, getting ready to start a new, a new year? Yeah. I mean, you know, just like that, hopefully, you know, we've got, got our notes and more or less picking up right where we left off last year. Um, learned, learned a couple more things, you know, the last, the last couple races and, um, actually, uh, a lot more of, um, uh, of what to expect if we do have those nights when it's, when it's really heavy early in the season. Um, the, the night of the, the Gerald Harris Memorial really, you know, it, it, the track was so completely different that night from what we'd been running. It was, it kind of threw us for a loop. I, I guess, you know, didn't anticipate it being that much different. And, uh, but it early season track conditions can be a lot like that. So and now sure. we kind of learned a little then hopefully we apply at the beginning of the year and then as it starts to dry up, we know to, what to go back to then too, hopefully. What uh, what do we look at uh, or, or, you know, do we have set out goals for this coming year? Um, the only goal that I've ever really set for myself is to um, just constant improvement and to, to 
figure out from each night what you know what we've learned and what we can apply because you know obviously everybody well i don't know if it's obvious or not but i know for us i mean the goal every night is to go and win you know i mean that the reality though is that that's not going to happen for a lot of people and and hasn't for us yet at least in you know in the big block but um you know that's that's certainly the goal so i you know you you don't want to put positions on you know say like oh i'm shooting for a, a top 10 in points you know i mean i i'm gonna the plan is to go run every race so i'm gonna try like heck to be the champion yeah yeah you know i mean that's <laughs> that's why we're racing is to is to go and win so um but beyond that i mean it's you know like i said try and take something from every night whether we learn uh, something positive or if something went wrong learn from that and and apply it down the road and and then you know just have a good time there together you know everybody there helping out and and you, you got you know, a great just, crew there helping you know like when, when yeah. i when i stop in to to say hello or or even if i'm passing by and, and it ends up being a quick wave i i can tell man everybody there's just having a great time <laughs> you know rather you know no, no matter what the outlook of the night might be it everybody just smiles having a good time working on race cars you know it just it kind of yep. reminds me of the way it used to be you know well, that's because I got that's all the people I have are the ones from when it used to be. <laughs> yeah, I always, I always pick on those on the guys, but <laughs> you know, we've got uh, yeah, you know, we got me and Scott, and we're you know, we're the the I don't know, I guess we're the middle aged ones, but then I got the uh, you know, we got dad and and uh, and I've got I, this drives me nuts. I every time I I list off you know, people that help out and thank. And, and, uh, and then a couple hours later I go, darn it. I forgot Paul again. <laughs> and I, Paul Hines from Paul's performance automotive in Penyan has been, Hey, he comes to the shop every once in a while, helps out. He comes to the track every week. Um, just puts a, puts a lot into it. And, uh, and I just, you know, for I don't know what the reason is. I kick myself every time that I, somehow I manage to forget. But I I do want to make sure I thank Paul because, um, like I said, he he does quite a bit. So, uh, I, I yeah, think I think because you've mentioned him on the podcast, does does that give you credit for the full year now? <laughs> well, no, I think uh, I think I probably owe him a few more, but we'll we'll spread the word somehow. <laughs> So, nice. but, uh, but yeah, it's like I said, yeah, we, we have a good time and, and, uh, that's the one dad's the one you really need to interview, but you got to block out like a couple hours for that one. I was get just, whole, get the whole, some of those, <laughs> yeah. Some of the stories you're telling me here, like I, I've already got ideas rolling in my head of like <laughs> more questions that, that I, you know, I, I, and, and I know, I know that there's enough uh, folks that would just love to hear, you know, how that yeah. would turn out, you know? So that, that's, yeah. it's, it's on the list, my friend. It is on the list. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. He'd, uh, he'd be a lot more interesting than I would <laughs> probably, but. Oh, and, and I gotta, I gotta shout out my neighbors, uh, Walt and Diane, Walt and Diane. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. You got it. They, uh, I, I know they, I know they follow right along and, uh, it was, uh, that, that was pretty cool. They, uh, he mentions that to my brother-in-law every time he sees him, uh, <laughs> that, uh, the, the announcer from the racetrack lives in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's but, uh, great. Yeah. Walt, Walt and Diane have been, they've been great. They were, you know, a big part of, you know, helping out to get this, uh, to get this car together and, and uh and and walt comes you know he, he basically makes it every other week is, is pretty much his his schedule and he'll come and and help out and hang out and you know tell stories too and make sure you know sometimes it's uh you know dad likes to change stuff a lot too 
And sometimes we have to distract them a little. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, uh, he likes to tune. He likes yes, to tune. Yes, he does. So, you know, we got it. There, there's a fine line, though. You know, you got to make yeah. sure we don't overdo it. But, uh, but yeah, no, they're, uh, they've been friends with them for a long time. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're huge supporters and, and that's awesome. But, Good deal. We, uh, of course, you know, on that note, we do, we do still have more room for, uh, for more folks to come on board and, you know, it would be, would be huge to, uh, to get some more help. Absolutely. So. I mean, you and I've been, you know, we've, we've been hounding burn dairy for how long, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. That, that's how this, that's how this whole deal got started, you know, like we, <laughs> we, we, you know, burn dairy and penyan canadagua horse heads if you're listening come on you know <laughs> yeah we, you have we, two very loyal customers here <laughs> i mean there's a there's a nascar there's a nascar podcast called the teardown and and i feel like we could do the land of legends teardown at, at the local burn dairy i mean there you go I, how many times has that happened where you know we've run into each other and and kind of broke down, you know, how the night went, whether it was good, right. bad, or, or, or indifferent, but yep. yeah. 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 It was always, uh, on the, on the way back from, uh, from outlaw, it was always, uh, Alden and Alex Payne and, and that whole group that I'd run into at the Penyan one. And then now when it's coming all going Canandaigua back to, horse heads now it, i i run into you all the time there so yeah uh, well, it's, it's the great. perfect it's the perfect stop and and in most cases it's the only one that's left open <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah by the time we leave the track and then you know i get to get the dads and and unhook the trailer and do all that stuff get cleaned up and and head for home yeah that's that's pretty much the only lights that are still on yeah <laughs> through there so uh but Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, fun time. This is this is uh this has been a treat. Uh it, it really has. I I you know I, I've known we we've known each other quite a while and uh yeah, you know time. I I really do you, do you remember when I raced carts with your dad? Oh yes. Okay. Oh yes. <laughs> yep, sure do. I know you would you would have been pretty darn young at that point, but yep. Yep. That's, I mean, those are, those are some of my early memories is, you know, dad racing carts or, um, I mean, I, I, I've either read or, or heard you say this here recently, um, you know, that, that you kind of grew up in the, was it the turn one grandstands at Canadagua? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. About halfway between the flag stand and the, and the first turn end. Yeah. Yep. Um, for me, it was growing up in the, well, what used to be the covered section at Outlaw before that, that little mini twister. Before the storm blew the yeah, roof off. Yeah. I mean, so that was it for me. I mean, those are some of my, but yes, no, I, I remember, you know, dad raced with, dad raced with, a, a you know, a, a lot of guys that I, I still remember, you know, from, from back, back in those days. And, and 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 when I was a, a you know a little kid racing go karts, I mean, my goodness, I remember. Uh, I mean, I was in the novice, you know, the the real little kid, you know, division. Sure. But but the ones that were running, you know, I remember Matt Shepard, Justin Hares. Yeah. Um, yeah. when they had the money shows, Tim McCready would roll in. I mean, sure, it yeah. was yeah. I mean, Bill, I raced with Billy Dunn, Frankie Caprera um you know just yeah there's there's so many names that still kind of ring true today that that i remember from being a, a young pup for sure but yeah, yeah I, no, was... I remember uh what was it um i used to i used to end up racing with used to race with rob bussy quite a bit yeah and uh oh gosh you know like i say your dad west smith Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> West Jim Smith Johnson, and Tammy, Tammy Locke. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, oh, which I, ca- I, you know, her, her brother Dave, older brother, he was a good kart racer too, and then he ran, moved up, and ran a sportsman car for a while, and did pretty well with it. Had one of Dad's cars, and uh, but I always said, I'm, 
I always said, why doesn't Tammy move up? Because I think she was better. <laughs> she'd have she'd have done a better job. <laughs> if if I was but, standing in front of Wes, I probably wouldn't say it. But if <laughs> if Wes wasn't around, I absolutely believe that Tammy Locke it in at her height in go karts yeah. had as much talent as any other driver that came through there. Yeah, um, she was. She was very good. She was she was untouchable in Frozen Ocean. I I could not figure out how to keep up with her to save my life. <laughs> and you want to talk about somebody that had ice in their veins? I mean, uh, at least at least in my experience, like I I I didn't you know I didn't know Tammy to to really you know say too much. Was never you know you know never kind of carried herself that way as as good and as talented as she was. You know, she yeah, never, she was. She was pretty shy, I remember, yeah. Yeah, but man, you put the helmet on and put the visor down, look yeah. out, look out. <laughs> all, all I can remember is one time, you know, we are walking through the pits and and, uh, and her father waved me over and said, here, give me a hand putting putting her card up on the stand here because he was, nobody else was around. And I'm like, oh, okay, sure. So, and of course, this is back when, you know, it's the fourth, we had the four cycle senior class. So it wasn't like, lights mediums and heavies yeah we were all just we we're all running the same weight and of course tammy was you know she was tall but she was so thin she had so much weight bolted to that cart it was all we could do for her and her father to, her father and i to pick that thing up and put it on the stand i'm like holy crap <laughs> meanwhile yeah. i'm down i'm down the down the way with nothing bolted to my cart and i'm right. 20 heavy <laughs> we're trying to figure out how we can lighten it up you know we, yeah exactly. we went from like, we went from the fiberglass and and uh and you know straight plastic panels to that corrugated cardboard plastic right? stuff <laughs> give me a couple pounds somewhere oh, oh my goodness man. i i yeah, remember the first i remember the first time my father built a body out of that stuff i came in and said dad i cannot race that he goes, why not? I said, I, my cart looks like it's made out of cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but oh, hey, that's the that's the <laughs> that's the, the that's, that's the life of a husky racer. <laughs> the, the stories, yeah, yeah. I always, I always, uh, <laughs> my my dad was the. He's like, what are you doing putting body panels on there for? I'm like, well, I got you know, I went and got sponsors. <laughs> I gotta put them on something. <laughs> ah, it's just extra weight. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, oh, yeah, you got a point, but you know, I do have to have numbers and things on here. Once so. a racer, always a racer. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, this is a good time. We're we're gonna have to do it again. And and yeah, uh, like I said, uh, I've got uh I've got Johnny Byrosh on my list now. I'm 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 on the hunt uh, for a future podcast because I, I think the fans would really, really love that. You know, especially the ones that really enjoyed, uh, you know, his his heyday at the track and and on the sprint yeah. car tour too. So that would uh, that would be a great episode. But he's, um, got a, he's got a lot of stories, that's for sure. Oh, that would that would be most great. of them are true. Too. Most of them are true. That's right. <laughs> uh hey greg thank you so much for for being on the show this week and uh it won't be long it won't be long and we'll we'll be at the track talking sounds good well i appreciate you having me and uh this has been a good time thanks absolutely there's greg byrosh our a main interview of the week stick around we'll wrap up the show and uh get you ready uh practice only a couple weeks away Hopefully, uh, weather, weather holding out. We'll see how it goes, but uh, stick around. We'll wrap up the show here in just a moment. Well, what a great A-Main interview with Greg Byrosh this week. That went uh, probably three times as long as we thought it was going to go or at least what we had planned on going, but that was just one of those great interviews that you get into and and the more we talked, the more we chatted, it just, you know, one thing led to another. And uh, that that was a lot of fun. And and I got to say that we have got to get Johnny Byrosh either here on the podcast or or something 
on Land of Legends TV because there's so many, you know, after talking to Greg and hearing some of those stories there, I, I've got a list of questions now uh, for Johnny Byrosh and, and, you know, I, th- there's so many, I've got questions I got to ask Dean Reynolds. Now I, I'm kind of curious about this whole discussion of chromoly tubing. Um, I gotta, I gotta go look, I don't even know if that, like that's still a thing. If there's, you know, maybe disadvantages to chromoly tubing now versus uh, whatever the, it is that they're using to, to build modified chassis now, man, there's, there's, <laughs> I got a lot of homework to do after this episode so we hope that you enjoy it again just as a reminder drivers be sure to fill out that my race pass profile to claim your profile on my race pass before our season gets started check out and do us a favor share the video uh, share the marketing video out so that uh, we can get the news out to, to even more people about all the great things that are happening at land of legends raceway we appreciate you tuning in this week And uh, we will have another great episode for you here before the season starts in 2023. Uh, We've got our new VIP booth that's going up in turn one. The new grandstands will be constructed before our first race night. Uh, There's so many great things, so much momentum. So, you know, just so many things to look forward to uh, as, as the weather's starting to break a little bit. We got to get things dried out now and, uh, it won't be long. We'll we'll be throwing the green flag for the first time, and the rooster will be crowing on his perch uh, on the front straightaway. Thanks for tuning in to Where Legends Are Made. Be sure to uh, rate us and give us a comment uh, on your podcasting platform or share the video if you're watching us here on uh, the YouTube page or on Facebook. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll be back next time here on Where Legends Are Made, the official podcast of the Land of Legends Raceway. Land of Legends Raceway fans, tune in each and every week of the racing season to Where Legends Are Made, a podcast dedicated to covering the drama, excitement, and hear from the drivers from your favorite dirt track. Stephen Ovens and Brad Ovens walk you through the week that was Where Legends Are Made. Subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts and visit landoflegendspodcast.com. Fans of Land of Legends Raceway and the Where Legends Are Made podcast, We've got a great opportunity for you to feature your business. We have opportunities here to sponsor where legends are made. We have all different features of the podcast. You can pick to be a sponsor of one of our heat races. Maybe you want your business name attached to the top 10 read-offs for the week. Maybe you want your business to be the one that's heard when we play our highlight of the week. Maybe you're a history buff. You want to sponsor heat with three where we talk about this week in Land of Legends Raceway history. Maybe you want to be the A main sponsor. So when we interview our main driver of the week, you want to get your business out in front of that. We've got plenty of opportunities for you to do so, and we can work inside of any budget. And believe me, if you're listening to this and you're saying, oh, I don't think my business has the advertising budget to sponsor a podcast, believe me, we can fit inside of anybody's advertising budget. Get your business a little bit of advertising here on where legends are made. Contact us right here on the Land of Legends Raceway Facebook page if you're interested and put your business in front of all of our fans where legends are made. 